thank you for that nice introduction. And thanks for having me here and for coming out and for this old musty smell <laughs> that I always kind of both revile and long for. <laughs> um, so the first three poems that I'm going to read tonight are from um, My Love is a Dead Arctic Explorer, which is a book that was sort of informed by my reading of um, Admiral Richard E. Byrd's memoir, Alone, um, which chronicled his time at a weather station in Antarctica. Um, and if you haven't read it, it was it's really the only humble piece of writing about exploration that I've ever encountered. Um, and I've always been sort of like an Arctic explorer, an Antarctic explorer aficionado. It's kind of like my, my beach read. Um, you know, some people like a, a light romance, and I like it when people have to eat their own shoes. But um, so, so this book was sort of um, a reimagining of this tale in a, a, a sort of a rural Vermont landscape. And the, I'm going to read the title poem, I Love as a Dead Arctic Explorer. Waiting for his love to take, I held him clumsily. His face was without form and darkness moved upon it. I was told, you must keep him still for six days. I needed to be sure he did not try to leave, so I asked, let there be light, and the sanatorium became light, and it was a soft yellow light and good to his features. He was thirsty on the second day, so I said, let there be water apart from the earth, and a glass of water appeared at his bedside, and it was good clean water, and he drank it as though its existence were not a miracle. He drank it like he was impartial to dying a general death. He drank it as if I were not watching him, imagining how someday I would let him go, and it was good, good he didn't know I was already dreaming of my solitary reinvention. On day three, he became hungry and agitated, so I begged, let there be grasses bearing seed and also some fruit from a tree, as sensuous as a woman he imagines when he enters me. And thus, a peach became visible, and I fed him, and all in all, it was a pretty good show. On the afternoon of the fourth day, the beasts were called. Creeping things that frightened me and fowl and cattle beneath the window of the sanatorium, grazing passively, grazing on really good grass. Day five, he coughed like a badger, clawing a warren where I hid, hedging my bets, living in my fur, as I was granted control over all the beasts, and thus fashioned something warm and attractive from the rabbit. And it was good, looking good, even though I was afraid. He called out some names on the sixth morning. He said Barstool and Dispatch and Megawatt and Thermopolis, and all of these things became as he called them, and it was good. It was good to have a list. Later that evening, after he described fortitude and unctuous, he said a word I had not heard before, helper, and he made a motion with his hands like he was breaking an egg into a hot frying pan while a hissing sound emerged from his mouth, after which he lay back on his bed with his arms thrown across his chest like dirty laundry. Although I knew not of dirty laundry at the time, I understood he was naming me, and it was good. It was good to place my head in my very own hands, which were not as I had imagined them, hatch batten downers, pious wincing shovels, but as he named them, your hands. And with this knowledge, I rested. I dreamt sweetly. 
this next one is called Misery Trail, and, and the Misery Trail is actually the name that um, Richard Byrd gave the, the sort of walk he made to the weather station. And sort of was my drive back to Lincoln from my job at a liquor store. So, the Misery Trail. <laughs> Where I worked. <laughs> Not that I was at the liquor store for other reasons. <laughs> I spied 11 lank deer in one evening feeding on different lots. I thought a lot of those whose kindness, like a string on a balloon, held me aloft over numerous grasses, but never a grass unforgettable. And never in the river the same water over a rock. To be lonely like your own hand. To be so goddamn lonely with just a little information. I spied a telephone ringing the distance between one stalk of corn and another. At certain times of day, a field can blind you. So I walked, uncharacteristically slow. You couldn't know how slow I walked. And this one's called Cry Break. The day the news rolled in that half the world's population had perished via an anticipated but still shocking chemical explosion, even the country music station recanted on its promise, all country, all the time. Death on a large scale always takes precedence and allows one to act swiftly and without guilt. I kissed my brother-in-law at my mother-in-law's funeral, the ill-fitted plank of his torso hewn to my grief, so that afterward it was easier to be around the happy stuff that everyone seemed to remember. It was all very confusing, as the radio put it, complete mayhem. I thought about going to the school early to pick up my daughter, but decided against it. All those children parroting sorrow, what did they know? Sure, a few of them had been slapped, spit upon, held down, or raked over. Some had been told the truth. You won't go far. You won't be going anywhere at all. I love my daughter, the pale gloaming of her hair, a minor song of my continuance. Unlike the country music station, the day the news rolled in that half of the world's population had perished, I did my chores as usual, putting the dirty clothes into the washer and removing the clean ones from the dryer, as if the world could be soothed by the delicate cycle of the loving heat and the loving heat of my steady machine. It was the, as though I knew I was not going anywhere and until an anticipated but still shocking chemical explosion allowed me to perish from my daughter, my swift, guiltless death, an event that would bring context to her sorrow and allow her to remember, unbidden, the happy stuff, which I'm sure happened daily, like writing your name in the fog on the shower door, for example. I thought of the way the singers that particular station favored created a chess pulse, commonly known as the cry break in country music, and how I had, while doing the laundry or tending that which required my tenderness, until that moment, been really listening for it. In a place before you go extinct. Thank you. <laughs> 